0: Hi, everybody. Sandy Mackey.
1: And Al Curtis.
0: Coming to you from inside of the SpongeBob Grotto today for our podcast.
1: I think we should do a future podcast or video once this is full of water. Kind of set the set the tripod right where it's at, and do one anyway. Because then you could also get the sense of you know the water level being up here somewhere and sitting in the water. That'd be kind of cool. Sounds like fun. Yeah. Sounds like a great time. Means we got to get wet. Okay, so since the last time we were at the same project, the last time we did a podcast and we were outdoors, it was just a beautiful day. We thought we'd try it here again, but inside the grotto. What's happened since then? What's on your mind? You got any thoughts? of?
0: Well, since then, I know that you bookmarked something about building pools. So let's go ahead and jump into what that,
1: what that bookmark was. So I was thinking about our projects and I may have been having a conversation with Katie when it sparked it. But I was I was thinking about kind of our way and what makes us really different. Because, you know, a vessel of water is a vessel of water and it's a pool. And but then I was l- looking at the nuances, i watched a couple of the TV shows that are on, which you know, everyone's building really cool pools and stuff, but there was something different missing with what I was watching on TV versus what we do. And that kind of spurred this, this conversation in my head. You know that I have conversations in my head all the time. And I was thinking about what makes me different. Not not like the pool, not like the, you know, there's creativity, there's artistic stuff. But, you know, there's a lot of guys and girls do that kind of stuff. But what what's a basic fundamental difference about... A custom pool in the rest of the world and a custom pool that we build. and I I hit on it and I don't know that I ever framed it this way before but we build for a family 99% of custom pools are built for a couple it's all about how does it look you know so that's why it's really important it's that comf- it's that that pretty couch with plastic on it is it looks really good but it doesn't invite you To come join and be a part of it instead it's a wow that's you know really pretty let's stand back or let's you know sip wine or any any number of stereotypes that i could you know put into place there but our whole thought is about building for a family usability how can we keep things creative and do all kinds of things that a family would enjoy seeing and that each age, so we're, we're hitting all age ranges. We're, we're picking up elements that are interesting to everybody. And I think that was that was an aha moment for me because I, I was having a tough time going, okay, so I'm a custom pool builder, like a lot of guys I know are custom pool builders, and they all are very much doing the same pool. I, of all the people that I know, that I had contact with in our area, every one of them considers themso- themselves a custom pool builder, But if we laid their portfolios out, you couldn't tell one from another. That would be, there's no signatures. There's no special sauce. There's no anything that says, ah, I know him, or ah, I know him. At one time, there were a few guys in the market that that really inspired me, and they did this very unique stuff. And they've since stopped doing that, not done that, gone out of business, don't know, I don't know the details, but I could have, gone to their pools and said, aha, I know who that is. And I was always amazed and impressed by that. And then that sort of disappeared. And maybe it's the, I paid less attention because it using the, what I saw with them helped me find my way, helped me find my certain way in terms of what I wanted to do.
0: Well, I think that point that you bring up about building our pools for the family is Tying in the conversation that we have about theming because we'd like to find out what the family enjoys and I think that was very evident at the open house that we did at the steampunk pool last week, which had just family after family enjoying the pool young and old. I mean, there was probably 12 to 15 people in the hot tub at any given time. You know, we kept counting the number of people in the pool. And you would always say before, well, when you have a pool party, typically you'll have seven or eight people in the pool and there was 20 people in the pool at any given time. They were going off the slide, off the rope swing, jumping off the waterfall, Mm -hmm. Um, anything from the little kids to the, you know, 40 to 50 year old men that were going down the slide and hopping Mm -hmm. off the tree. So it was everything in between. And there wasn't a moment when the pool was empty. No. Mm-hmm. during the whole four or five hours it,
1: it was calling that we were there every day, it was every continual moment. action mm-hmm. and mm-hmm.
0: It, was, it was very very cool.
1: cool and that I think ties in with this idea of building for a family because we were very specifically building for this family use this family environment and sure would I build for a, a single couple And yeah I, I absolutely would but within the style of it being family oriented Versus building that elegant because I also another not that it's much of an aha, but I really recognize it myself I am NOT nor ever will be an elegant type of person in any way shape or form in terms of living Can I dress up? Can I put a tux on? Absolutely. I can do all of those things When when called upon but I'm not drawn to go and do that because oh, I just want to get dressed up and go to a party That's just not me. Can I absolutely I can and I'm perfectly comfortable I can transition into that but that's not my normal calling what i really like to do and so building in this style is more about that that soft edge that worn edge a little bit because when things get a little bit older they get a feel to them they get a little bit of a sense of uh, like a stance stability it's been here for a while it means something it has it it has a an essence to it
0: well just sitting in this grotto, the backdrop that Karen carved in these walls is just stunning. The amount of detail is fabulous, and I know that the little grandkids and the grown-ups that play in this grotto eventually will completely enjoy it. Mm-hmm. I think the other thing that happens when we build pools is we do want some level of interaction from the families and from the kids as well. You know, and there's kind of a fine line between, like, enough interaction and then too much and I think we have kind of that sweet spot of just enough because when you get to know everybody in the family and the kids when all of our team is working on different elements within the pool and we've listened to what people are looking for, oh they like birds or oh she likes this or oh he likes that, they're able to kind of pull in some of those unique individualized elements and if we build for a family. And we never see the family or the kids, then it's hard to kind of put sprinkle some of those little touches in.
1: Well, what we're doing at that point, and, and it certainly happens, is we're sprinkling just what we like or what we think should go there, and, and that's better than not doing it. But it's not the same as getting catching wind that they like this or they like that, and then how could we, whoosh, mm-hmm. you know, wallow them with that? Because it's something they can see something we've done and go, oh, that's really cute. That's really cool. It's, oh, it's a fairy house, and when we didn't know they like fairies. But when we do it something that they like, it now they've got an emotional connection to it. Not only did we listen to them, but then they we put the essence of them into the project. And I do think that there's a there's a distinction there. Doing nothing, which what, is what most people do, and then doing our own thing, which is way better than not doing it all, but then there's listening and doing something that has a direct connection to them. I think that's that that's that point that really that really draws it out.
0: So something else that came up at the open house that we had was yet another person saying, oh, you should have a TV show. And how funny that came up because we've been contacted by yet another production company. And we ended up having a conversation with one of our all-time favorite homeowners who came by the open house. And he was saying, yeah, you should, you know, a TV show, that would be great. And we looked at him and we said, would you have been on the show would you have wanted to have showcased your life like that and he said hmm, good point because they love the pool they love talking about their pool but they live a life where they don't want to show it off they want to enjoy it for themselves so it's, and their their family. it's very intimate for them and while they want us to be showcased what we would like to showcase is that relationship that we built for the family mm-hmm. and without families that want to be that wide open and exposed and vulnerable mm-hmm. then it doesn't quite make as much
1: sense. And there's, there's some couples, some families that would want that notoriety and they would want to be out there but that doesn't really fit the demographic of the people that really love this. I think prediction would be most of the custom pool builders those clients would be first ones on TV because that's it, it's that living outwardly for the world to see versus having amazing things but living inwardly to create lifestyle within the family unit, and that's very much what our our, our clients are is and they're they're um, all of them are amazing people that live quiet subtle lives that don't. Have to express it. They don't quiet have to. And they don't.
0: Subtle, subtle and spectacular. And spectacular,
1: yeah. The but they time. don't have to roll in in a Rolls Royce or Lamborghini to say, here I am.
0: Which is, I think, the way that I live my life and the way that you live mm-hmm. your life. With the, la- with the quiet Lamborghini and them. it's oh. subdued and mm-hmm. it's spectacular. And we mm-hmm. have ongoing amazing experiences and things we can talk about and things that we're asked to do and places we're asked to present and magazine articles that come out. And we kind of mention them in passing, but we don't, as things happen, say, Oh, look at me, look at me. No. It's more of like this internal, happy, the, satisfaction. There's a
1: satisfaction place, but it's a lifestyle thing. It's like living our own lives within the, the amazingness that it is, because I know my life is amazing, but I don't have any need to express it so the world can see me be amazing. It, it just doesn't well, make any sense. well little pieces. Well, well there's, there's some things that are kind of cool for the world to see about what we've done, what we've accomplished. And sure, we all have ego, and our egos are probably lesser to lesser degree with what we do, but I'm, th- but there's still a sense of wanting to be known for something, for sure, but it's not this, at all costs, i got to be known, or at all costs, i got to crush the competition, or at all costs... And we live our lives the opposite of that.
0: Well, and jumping on to something you said in our last podcast, that you were at a function, somebody asked you what you do, and you said, well, I build pools. Well this past weekend, I was in a similar situation where somebody was saying, oh, what do you do? And I really understand more, and I know what you were talking about, but then it kind of refreshed my memory how I feel that what we do is so, I think it's so internal. Like, it's an outward expression of what we do. For you and the building team, it's building the pools. For us back in the office, it's the marketing, it's the storytelling, and it's all of that. And The people that really matter are going to understand that without having to ask questions. And so then when you get into a social situation and somebody kind of just asks the surface level question and what do you do, it's easier to say, oh, you know, I'm just with a pool company and like leave it at that. Mm -hmm. And somebody who's interested can then kind of dive into Mm -hmm. everything we have and learn more about the philosophy, but you can't in a quick interaction. Like share the entire express philosophy no. of what you can't,
1: it is. I, I found that you can't even express enough to have it make any bit of sense. Yeah. It's easier to not. And not that we won't share because we talk about it, our All business more than anybody else talks about their business. Yeah. I mean, we live our lives wide open yeah. and we share everything about what we do. We don't hold back the secret sauce of our anything. We're willing to share with everybody. So to not say anything, it's unusual, but it's easier. Mm -hmm. Because you don't, you know, you leave a conversation the other way and go, you know, they they totally missed it or whatever. But um, another thing that kind of came up and then it came up again today that I think is just has to do with all of this. I was thinking about when I first started building pools and the previous owner of the company and his demeanor and his way about pool building and how I had some of that as well It's just it's a company it's a it's an entity to make money and it's about making money and which we know making money is important and that's all that's all fine and dandy but what happened was in my mind I started thinking about I went from this worrying about every decision based on money should I do that little extra should I fix this thing or should I is it perfectly okay the way it is because it was a dollar monetary thing and and I think probably most business owners that are doing a business for the sake of making money, make all of their decisions that way, or mass majority, which I know for me was was very much there. And I had a moment today, while I was driving, I was thinking about doing something extra, doing something different that isn't rewarded by money, it isn't rewarded by, now I can charge them more for something or anything, it was just in the doing. And I recognized, oh, I know what it was, I was thinking about my age, and I was thinking about how many years physically can I still do this in the shape that I'm in and, and all of that. And I was going through, we have 42 pools left in my career, and how long is that, will that be? And, and I was kind of playing in that space. And I recognized that when when I'm doing what I'm doing, and I was thinking specifically if we were we were plastering a sun shelf yesterday, and it was hotter than hot. And that's not our business. We don't, we don't go out and plaster pools for a living. We could easily just hire someone to come and plaster that for whatever amount of money. But we choose to do it. And I was recognizing today, reflecting on all the hard work we've done yesterday, I was reflecting on how important that is for the satisfaction of who we are just to do it. You know, it's not like, oh, God, it's got to be done at the cheapest price so we can move on. In the past, that's what it would have been. How could I have either... Done it myself to do it quickly and get get it out of the way, or who could I find the cheapest that would do it for me just so I could get it done. And instead, it was it was the love of the doing of the thing. That it wasn't rushed, other than we were tired and want to be done, but there wasn't this sense of okay, we're on the clock, we have X amount of material and X amount of time to get this done, so we stay profitable. That sort of fell off the map completely, and it wasn't about profitability. It wasn't about making money. It was about being passionate about the thing, doing the thing, as mundane as plastering and spreading mud and you know we're sweating and we're this and that and and it was the love of that and being able to share that with other people that get it and and our team very much gets that and they're realizing and sure every moment isn't always awesome but most of them are but even like doing that was awesome and i was recognizing that living my life from a place of passion of really loving it versus how can i make money with it I thought that was a really cool kind of a headspace to be in because that's, that's something that I, I know you probably have found that same thing on the marketing and the storytelling end is that you're not limited by, if I do this, then I get this much back or what's my return on investment or how much money you're going to make with this campaign. Instead, it's how can I give in a way that I can be passionate about doing the thing and affecting people's lives and then even more business comes out of it. But it's not like it's got to be about more business or we're not going to do it. I mean, that's just just not how we live anymore.
0: Well, and I think the way that you're explaining that, I'm explaining that. I'm trying to think of how I would explain that to somebody new who's kind of trying to find that place of loving where they are in the process and loving where they are in the marketing. And I think one of the significant shifts that came about for us, which kind of was several years in the making, was having enough that everything is fine Mm -hmm. the way it is. There's not ever this worry that I feel or that you feel that anything has to be tied around money. Like we've hit a a plane of existing where there's always plenty Mm -hmm. and we can do more and we can be more, but kind of it's instead of coming from a place of worry about it, we come from a place of confidence about it. Mm -hmm. And I don't know how I would explain where that shift happened to somebody who's maybe going through it. Um, I think a few of the things that we did were prioritizing kind of what's important and what matters and of course it would be nice to do some other things but when you look at the kind of basis of fundamentals of what you need to make things happen it's not extravagant and it's and i think maybe someone who came at this from the direction of i need to finance a whole new fleet of vehicles and i need the next latest and greatest thing without knowing how you're going to use it i think that's mm-hmm. how somebody might find them in a path themselves in a path where they don't you know find this kind of stable place but I think so fundamentally our approach was when it makes sense we'll do it when it makes sense to invest in technology new equipment things we'll do it in the meantime we're going to do the work for the sake of doing the work and we're not going to worry about the bottom line. And I don't think that you or I worry about that bottom line if, like you said, if there's a decision, well, should I add this couple thousand dollar upgrade to this pool because it would be fabulous? Absolutely, let's do it. Because we come from a a fundamental place of, you know, everything is at a comfortable range. And I guess comfortable is the word that keeps coming to mind for me because it's not exceptional, it's not crazy, it's not mm. you know, it's there's
1: we're just in a very comfortable well, place. I think that goes to kind of the lifestyles that we've chosen to be at. I I'm kind of putting myself into place of, of another business owner who thinks that as the company gets bigger, that the company needs to have more, like the new fleet of vehicles. Because the identity and the brand is surrounded around these new vehicles and flashy whatever, and yet the heartache on the backside to keep that appearance up just drains people. And yet, there's this sense of that where we don't have that. It doesn't matter what we have to drive to get to the job, and it doesn't really matter what it looks like. As long as it's safe and capable, and we can haul material and work, that's what we care about. So we've kind of eliminated that. And now, we don't have to live up to that. We don't have to keep getting new vehicles to keep up that appearance. Because we've already set the bar low enough of appearance because of what we do that no one has to look at and judge Well, they can but they don't we don't care if they judge us based on vehicles well, and everything else and it's the work that
0: matters it's the work that matters it's not the appearance that matters mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. not the, mm-hmm.
1: uh, the and then the it's not our customer and if it's, not, it's not our customer either
0: and it's not that impression
1: mm-hmm.
0: that matters it's right. the work that it's matters.
1: it's the work it's the body of work that we continue to build on that just builds st- stronger not only that, I also think that, that we live great lifestyles because we're living them versus trying to fill our lives with activities. Because there's part of a lifestyle that I think we see a lot of rich people get into the pattern or the rich people's kids, you hear all the stories of they're always having to live louder and more and bigger and whatever. And it's gotta be a bigger house and a bigger car and a, and a bigger trip and a more fancy this and a more fancy that. and. And you and I both consciously made that choice for our families, for our lives, that we don't have to have that. We instead live our lives. And so sometimes there's extravagance. Sometimes we do some pretty crazy stuff. It was a mental decision to realize that what we are doing, what, how we live, is awesome. What we're, you know, All of that's taken care of. And then we kind of do whatever we want to do. We just choose to not have to live crazy lives. We have our own set of crazy, but it's, it's a real living part that we're doing in terms of our, the lifestyle that we're choosing is not an outward lifestyle. It's not a, an express ourselves so everyone can see. Rather, it's a live our lives so we can enjoy our lives kind of place. And I do think that an awful lot of people live for the out loud part, to the look at me part, but they're very unsatisfied and unhappy on the inside. And I think instead living the happiness on the inside part doesn't, and kind it of doesn't matter what happens out here. You know, we can sort of just do the, whatever the thing is we want to do. And sometimes it's kind of crazy and sometimes it's whatever, but that's us. And I really like that about living this way. And I think that's probably where our customers are, where the people that we serve probably come from a very similar place. I would imagine that an awful lot of people that might listen to this or watch this would be coming from that place because so many of us, even successful business owners that are doing really well, constantly get caught up in that part of...
0: So how would you share with someone who might be like kind of in that cycle of worry about the business or about their life, how would you offer some guidance to put that down? And I think... You know, if I was going to point to what happened, we'd put that down. We, we stopped did. worrying about it. And it's really hard when you're kind of caught up in a cycle of worry or anticipation about it. It's it's a foreign concept to say, well, just put that down. But I think it's possible. So how would you say someone could put it down?
1: I think a big key about how we were able to put that down was we decided to do work that mattered, that really mattered to us. Versus just doing work for work's sake, which you realize when you're... You have a business it's about making money then that's your focus but I think when we stopped it being about making money instead of and and became how can we do what matters to us I think that was a big part of the shift was we started with why why are we doing this now if it's for that reason then we should just continue down the path we're going but we ultimately came up with well I know why it's not for that it's for this living a life of, of worth Something that's worth doing, and I think that's probably the key. It was the key for us, and I imagine it'd be the key for most people. Is do what matters, and find a way of loving something that matters enough that you can be passionate enough about it that you stop doing it for the humdrum part of making a living, and now it's about it could be legacy. For me, it's kind of a legacy, but I, more a better way of putting it is less legacy and more of body of work. I push myself. To try things different and more and awesomer and greater. And I, we talked in the last the last podcast about finding some more magnificence in it. It's a, it's a future topic I want to go back into. But that's me driving me to be more, to be better, to create a better body of work. Because and I
0: think on my end, it would be more about the legacy of the work.
1: Mm-hmm. And well, And that's because you're the storyteller. That's because part of what you do is to... Take that body of work and showcase it in a way that it attracts more people. And so you are probably more creating the legacy part of it. I'm very methodically and patiently creating a body of work that I care about. Not that I didn't care about all the other pools I built in the past, because I certainly cared about those. And I, We've always done interesting things over the years, and at the time it was way more interesting than most. But now we're in a different stratosphere of doing things
0: different. With, Full, with relationships yeah,
1: and and, and totally into it. Yeah, totally into it. And, and that net and result is, it brings passion out. The more I talk about it, the more excited I get. And you know that. The more excited I get, the more I'm going to talk about it. And it's that constant. And I'm getting more excited the more we're talking about it now. And because of that, it allows me to go on and keep going and, and press harder. And press everybody around me harder. Because it's not just me. Realize this work is a team of people around me. And because I'm wanting more, they may not necessarily, if someone coming to work here would not necessarily want more because they don't know they could have more. And then here's us pushing, pushing them to be more, to have more, to do more. And all of a sudden they want more. And you can take a 16 year old kid who thinks he's getting a job and instead he can't stop talking about it when he goes home that night. And all he does is talk and talk and talk about it. Instead of
0: getting a job, he got a
1: lifestyle. He, 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 He got a whole education. And what I heard from his mother was she really appreciates our Thursday meetings. Because he obviously comes home from those and talks about the positive that and what we're trying to instill in them and we're trying to give these kids skills of stuff that they're not certainly not getting from school. And it obviously affects him enough that when he gets home, he's talking to his mom about it. Most kids, end of the day, they go home and mom doesn't ask him how work was and they don't tell. And instead, his little sister's coming up to me, he's saying, he never stops talking about it when he comes home at the end of the day. And, you know, that, that kind of plays into that whole idea of when you can live passionately passionately about a thing. And I really feel fortunate that I found my passion in this, because, you know, I had some tough years there where it, was, it just hurt. Yeah. Not because I didn't like the work, but... But everything surrounding it hurt because we were in that frame of mind that it was all about money, and it was all about whatever, paying bills and everything else. It mentally it, hurt. It mentally hurt, and, and I just wanted to run from it. But being able to stop, and then start with why, and go, hmm, what if we did this?
0: That's the difference. It doesn't mentally difference. hurt. Mentally, it's a delight and it a is. joy mm-hmm. to look at it mm-hmm. and think about it. and orchestrate it and all the pieces it's a delight to
1: it is a delight even even in the hottest days in the craziest whatever in the past when it was already stressful and then you added heat to it or you added long hours to it then it was just that even more of a drain. now it's just something really physical it's, emo, it's mentally draining but it's physical but it's this it's sort of giving in this from the spirit of loving what i'm doing and i would rather fall down at the end of the day and pass out To be excited about getting to work the next morning than having worked a long day and being all stressed about and then stressed all night about it because i had to go back instead it's i'm gone at the end of the night because i'm fired up for morning you know there's never this time where it's like oh i gotta get up to go to work and there's not a weekend versus a weekday it's a seven day a week whatever and it i never would have even imagined not thinking about going to work the next day ever no matter what's happening it doesn't matter I'm ready to go. It doesn't care if it's a Saturday or Sunday or an anniversary or this or that or a birthday or a you know, I, I have to do this. Absolutely. And it may not be a balanced life from a textbook balance, but I wouldn't want a textbook balance. I'm I, If I could be in this 24 hours a day, if I could physically stay awake 24 hours a day and love, I probably would.
0: Well, I listened to a great podcast with Ari, who's the head kind of CEO of um, Zingerman's in Ann Arbor. Mm -hmm. And he was asked the question, well, what about people who tell you, you don't have good work-life balance? And he had a great response. He did. What do you do when you're off time? You're cleaning your garage? Oh, I'm kicked back in my office Office space which i love reading about coffee which is um, something i love so i mean great that you have all this leisure time that you have to do all these kind of humdrum activities Mm -hmm. like if you don't love mowing the lawn don't mow the lawn yeah if you don't love cleaning your garage don't clean your garage Mm -hmm. like i think someone who's immersed in kind of the creation of the art the way that you are i mean Define balance for me in that scenario. Mm-hmm. I don't mm-hmm. think you can. No. I think you're kind of flowing in a balance all your it, I own. Think it and is. wouldn't that be a better place for people to find themselves each in their own balance instead of like a social construct balance of what
1: a, a wheel is of balance of social, mental, physical, spiritual, financial, all of that. Yeah. You you're absolutely right. Now if we're if we don't fit perfectly in that there's something wrong with us.
0: Well you you know, an average mentality might be well you have eight hours at work and you have
1: eight hours at home and you putter and you clean and you build and you like why mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just and you why? do hobbies and you do crafts and, and you do, do housework you go to the bar and Again. you do this and you do why that. yeah exactly it any and I, I think there's that might be part, part of the the challenge with social construct is you have this wheel we've seen the wheel we've taken glasses on the wheel of balance and all of that and, and as soon as you're not balanced and that wheel's not round anymore what's wrong with me and and it just kind of puts right into someone that there's something wrong no there's not
0: well instead like, in of having case, my wheel rolling like this so I'm, gonna, I'm gonna have it like float in the air yeah. like a yeah. like a you know frisbee wiggly yeah.
1: thing yeah. instead and and then, and then it's gonna have a
0: hovercraft yeah and yeah. it's
1: gonna more jerk and turn and whatever and I think that's yeah uh, you know, in terms of whatever balance would be if we looked in a textbook of balance it's not my life but I wouldn't want my life any other way. I don't think I'm lacking anywhere. I don't think there's any area where I go, wow, now i got to work on that. I think it's awesome. It's all awesome. And I and that goes into the starting with why part. It goes into everything we've talked about. And let's end on that. That, that. that balance part is what we bring to our life. I don't think I treat people unfairly. I don't think I treat people poorly. I don't think I... I'm spiritually mixed up. I don't think I so Let's reframe you know, all
0: that.
1: Yeah. I treat people fairly. I, I treat I, I treat people well. You
0: know, I'm healthily spiritual. I
1: mm-hmm. And it's very balanced. It may just not look like some flow chart that someone would have created.
0: It doesn't look like a flow chart. This is true. And that's perfect. That is perfect. Alright.
1: I'm good with that. That's a great place to stop. On
0: that note. We'll see you next time. Yeah.